Hi, my name is Father Mike Schmitz, and this is Ascension Presents. So I'm trying to make some of these, I'm trying to answer people's questions. So here's two more hashtag Ask Father Mike questions and hopefully answers. This one is kind of a throwback, and I apologize for the delay about it, but a number of people wrote about this book slash movie Silence. Here's the story. Andrew Garfield's character is Father Rodriguez, and he and another priest whose name I can never remember. I read the book, but you know, names are going to be missionaries to China. Japan, I meant to say, sorry, my bad, missionaries to Japan. Liam Neeson's character is Father Ferreira. He had been like mentor of the year, super awesome spiritual father and like really holy guy back in Spain slash Portugal, wherever they were from. Wow, geography and me are not doing well today. The story is that Father Ferreira, Liam Neeson's character, had gone to Japan already and that he had apostatized, which basically meant that the bus is pulling up and squeaking with tires and brakes. Apostasy means that he denied his Christian faith, that he denied Christ. And so here's Father Rodriguez and his buddy, they're like, what the what? Are you kidding? No, he, that guy's an all-star. He's like superhero priest, so he would never do that. So they get sent to Japan to missionaries there too, not only to help the people, but also to track down, is that true? Did Father Ferreira actually apostatize? Or is this just propaganda from the head honchos over there in Japan trying to discourage Christians um, by lying about Father Ferreira? So Catholicism took root in Japan and was growing. It had favorable, favorable, favorable emperors for a while and it was doing well. And then there was an emperor too, or however many, I don't know, you know, not only geography, some history issues. Um, emperors who started martyring, didn't want Christianity there, martyring the faithful. And here's what happened in that context is you'd have these brave Christians go to their death and they would create other brave Christians who would be willing to go to their death. When they were martyred, they actually became stronger. So then the next person in charge comes along and says, that's not working. Here's what we're going to do instead. Instead of killing them, we're going to torture them until the point where they break, not die, but they can't handle it anymore and they have to deny Christ. They did that strategy and unfortunately it worked relatively well. Like, because you imagine, here's someone who gets to the point where like, I just, they just can't take it anymore. They crack, they apostatize, and they get sent back home in disgrace and in shame. And all the Christians around them are not strengthened by them, but they're also discouraged themselves. In a repeated process of that, like set this, like cast this like dark, dark pall over Catholicism in Japan. That's what happened to Father Ferreira. He and his parishioners essentially were tortured to the point where he denied the faith. End of the story, basically. Here's Father Rodriguez, Andrew Garfield, Mason Spider-Man, who gets put in the virtually the same situation as Father Ferreira had been in, where people he loved, his parishioners he cared about, were being tortured, and they said, all you have to do is step on the face of Jesus on this, this image in bronze, right? Um, just step on this face, and um, they'll be set free. Step on this face, and they'll, they won't be tortured anymore. If you just step on Jesus here and deny him, and they'll be, they can go home. In the book and the movie, I don't know, I only watched, I only read the book, and I watched the movie. Um, Jesus speaks to Father Rodriguez and says, that's why I came here. Like, that's why I came from heaven to earth is to be rejected. I came from heaven to earth to be denied. I came to be stepped upon. I came to be spat upon. I came so people could be set free. And so please step on my face and set my people free, basically, more or less. I'm paraphrasing, obviously. 
So that's what Father Rodriguez does. He steps on the face of Jesus, denying him, denying Christ, denying his faith, and the people are able to go free. The question that comes out of this is the question of the, uh, of the ask Father Mike, wow, it took a long time to get here, is was that the right thing? Was that the right thing to do? And I think the way the story is told and the way it's unfolded and unpacked, it becomes really sympathetic to say, oh my gosh, like maybe that was the right thing to do. Because both Father Ferreira and Father Rodriguez in the book are like really good priests. Like to, to give an inside glimpse in the book of Father Rodriguez's life, you're like, oh wow, you are like solid. You are the kind of priest I would want to be. And then to have him be in this place where he's loving Jesus and loving these people so much that like, what do I do? And then have the voice of Jesus say, no, 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 step on me, you know, deny me for the sake of, you put yourself in that position and say, well, what would I do? I don't know what I, what, I, what I would do. The question isn't, what would I do? The question is, what would be the right thing to do? What's the wrong thing to do? And just very, very clearly, the wrong thing to do was what Father Ferreira and Father Rodriguez did. To deny Jesus is going to be the wrong thing. How many times out of 10? 10 times out of 10. Every time out of 10, every time out of 100, out of a million, to deny Jesus will always be the wrong thing. But you say, like, wait, wait, wait. So basically, because you want to hold to your faith, you want to hold to like your personal relationship with Jesus, you want to hold to your particular place in the community, you're willing to kill those other people. Pause. That is a, called a red herring. Because if Father Rodriguez had not stepped on the image of Jesus and they, those other people died, he would not have killed them. <coughs> the evil torturer would have killed them. That's the big thing. Sometimes we think this, like, yeah, but he could have stopped it. He could have stopped it by doing an evil thing, an evil thing of denying your very your faith, of denying the essential relationship of your entire life. No one's life is worth that. Not your own life, not anyone else's life. To compromise with the faith to that degree is never, ever worth it. Now, what would you do, though? You follow me, you saying you would do, you would, you know, not step on the thing. I'm like, oh my gosh, I would hope I wouldn't. I have no idea. That's one of the reasons why what I liked about the book was that it was an examination of conscience and I had to kind of come face to face with, oh shoot, like, what would I do? The church teaches that um, our free will can be mitigated by things like fear of death and torture. Meaning, yeah, we might end up doing things that were wrong and maybe have less personal guilt about that, less, less personal fault at that, but that doesn't make it right. Again, just because someone was tortured into something doesn't make what they ultimately were tortured into right. Very few of us are facing that kind of situation anytime soon. What we are facing are smaller opportunities to compromise. What we're facing are smaller opportunities to deny our faith, saying, well, I'm just going to do it out of being polite. I'm just going to kind of deny Jesus right now because I don't want to, you know, I don't make anyone feel uncomfortable. Uh, I'm not going to like, you know, say the name of Jesus. I'm not going to make, again, this is the one I always bring up. I'm not going to make the sign of the cross while I'm out to eat because I don't want anyone else at the table to like, you know, feel weird about that. Really? I mean, I've been there. Listen, this, I, I've been in that situation where like, I don't know anyone at this table here, but um, I'm I don't know. I do know Jesus. So listen, this is how I pray. Every time before I eat, I make the sign of the cross, say a prayer, and then we, we're off to the races when it comes to that food. But I don't want to be pull, I don't want to be rude. How rude is it to be quiet, make the sign of the cross, and eat your food? That seems pretty polite to me. To not do that is compromise. 
And to not do that again and again in that area and as well as other small areas is to train ourselves in the area of compromise. It's a complex situation, but someone asked me the question and so I waded into it and that's it. it. That's, that's what I got. The other question is, um, how much, uh, how, how do I know if I'm working out too much? But stinking Bobby Angel already took that question. I've been planning on this for so long. Bobby swoops in like his first solo video and answers that question. I'm like, what the, what the what, Bob? So <laughs> he already gave a great answer, but I'm just going to kind of give my like 30 second version, 30 second version of, of this. People ask me this one a lot because I used to do like Ironman triathlons and like long distance ski races and running races, that kind of thing. And a lot of time goes into training for those kinds of things. How much training is too much training? How much working out is too much working out? I say two things. One is if um, I find in myself that I'm willing, see I get up at 5.15 most, most mornings to go work out. Some mornings I get up at 4.15 because I want to, I have something else going on that day. So I get up at 4.15 to work out because um, I need to get the, I want to get the workout in. If I stop and ask myself, check my heart and say, okay, would I get up at 5.15 to, if I needed to pray? Would I get up at 4.15, I need to say mass before getting on a plane. Like would I do that? And if I have any hesitation about like, I don't know if I would, then I, I realize I need to change something because something is out of balance. There's important things and there's utmost important things. Um, important things, your health. Utmost important things, your soul. It's gonna be really, really important, right? I need to care for my soul far more than I need to care for my body. So keep that in mind. That's one of the gut check moments of being able to say, um, when it comes to prayer or working out, if I have time to work out but I don't have time to pray, something's off. The second gut check moment is, um, if I find myself thinking about this all of the time, do I think about working out all of the time? Do all my decisions center around working out all of the time? That, that might mean that that's something out of balance in my life versus I love Jesus and I make decisions based off him all of the time. So that's what I got. Check out Bobby's video. From all of us here to Decision Presents, my name is Father Mike. God bless.